This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Cullen II, and with me, as always, via Zoom this week is... Sesame Encarta. Sesame Encarta. I'm going to say that again, folks. Sesame Encarta. Okay, so um, how's it going, Matt? I mean, Sesame. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing somewhat okay. Yes. Somewhat. So, um, it's a crazy world we live in. Yeah. Sidney Poitier and Betty White are no longer with us. <clears throat> yeah. Neither is Peter Bogdanovich. It, it's that whole three, you know. The, the three, the trinity of death, it always seems like. Yeah, which is a um, fallacy in my opinion because there's always more people too that they don't count. No, it's true. It happens every three days and then um, <laughs> those are the only three people that died. In the whole, in the whole world. <laughs> in the whole world or even in the, the Hollywood world. No one else ever. Yep. You know, not, not some B actor that people don't remember or anything like that <laughs> you know nobody in the now the only people who have died recently in the whole world are peter bogdanovich yeah. Sidney poitier and betty white yep yep that makes sense so that's interesting not to um, mention all the people that died of covid but anyways um the uh, oh, no just the, the millions and yeah you know yeah. <laughs> It doesn't matter because, you know, we're going to, you know, we're just going to live live through this for, you know, probably the rest of our lives. So that's going to be a nice little fun, you know, fun little trip there. You know, 38 years old, probably going to be like 50 before this, you know, officially winds down. So that's cool. And then we'll yep. look back on it and we'll be like, hey, I remember when. Yeah, you remember that 12 year gap where there's like just one long like string of time without any kind of break and just extends where it just just seems like life never starts never ends yeah it's just there there's an actual effect 
I don't, I don't know what it's called, but there's an actual effect like that. And um, <clears throat> when the pand- pandemic first started a couple of years ago, yes, a couple of years ago, that's true. A yeah. deliberate statement there two fucking years ago. Um, there was an article that came out about how when monks like Christian or like, I think a Christian monks, like I think maybe in France or England, I don't remember. Um, there was like a, you know, like especially the ones that they took like a vow of silence and they just meditated and prayed all day. They didn't really have like a social life, like outside of their like monastery. Um, there was uh, an effect that they had noticed and they wrote about was like, just like this sense of like, just like, timelessness but like a, a very agitated version of it where it was just like like just like an emptiness like not not necessarily sad or angry but just like a like just like just restlessness like you know what I mean? like and it's like we're all experiencing this i mean well, at least most of us are um yeah it, you know it's two years of essentially living somewhat of a monastic life and I mean, at least those who've been taking it seriously have. And uh, speaking of monks, um, yeah. Tony Shalhoub was in the show we're covering today. Oh, yeah, I forgot that we were actually covering a show and not talking about COVID. Yes. <laughs> so to- I tell you what, though, this thing, this Omicron, it's, it's just, it's like rushing through everyone. Like, like almost everyone I know in my family's got COVID now, except for like my parents and like my uncle, who he already got his COVID like way last year at Christmas time. And then um, my aunt got it about a month ago. She's still, she's a long hauler because she had some, already has some issues already to deal with. And then, then my brother got it. And then my niece got it. And then his, his, my sister-in-law got it. Well, they got, it, they got, they got it first. Then my niece got it. And then my step nieces got it. All of them, almost all of them. And then, um, my step nephew got it. I mean, it's like, it's just like, it's just going rushing anyway. Yeah. But yeah, Monk, yeah, this guy from Monk. Anyway, go ahead. Go on. Yes, Tony Shaloub, the star of Monk. Before he did that, he did this show. Um, the show that we're covering today called Stark Raving Mad, which uh, premiered. In September, on September 23rd of 1999. Um, it also starred a post-Doogie Hauser pre-How I Met Your Mother, Neil Patrick Harris. <clears throat> yeah, that transitional period. It was also pre-Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle as well. So. Yes. So it was before the Harrisance, as like I like to call it. <laughs> the the Neil Patrick Harris Renaissance. Um, <laughs> anywho, um, <laughs> this uh, we're covering the pilot of the show, Stark Raving Mad, um, which was really actually good. So, what do you think of it, Matt? Yeah, it was it was all right. Um, I mean, I I only watched the first episode. They had a whole season, but um, 
it, it was decent. I, I thought it, for for a pilot, it was it, it could have yeah. been a little bit better, but it it was it was all right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of the better pilots we've watched recently. Um, yeah. Yes. Without a doubt. <laughs> um, the show actually had pretty good reviews when it came out. Um, it wasn't, um, sadly, wasn't a ratings, you know, um, bonanza. Like bonanza was. Oh, wait. <laughs> It wasn't like Bonanza. Well, yeah, because it it followed um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and people were eating that stupid. Yeah, it was on. At, it was on at the same time as that. It was being beaten by that. It followed Frasier on NBC, and it was part oh, okay. of it was part of Must See TV, and um, it kind of like had the uh, the um. That whole like pedigree of must see TV, which was big back then in the nineties, slapped on it, even though it was still a new show. So it wasn't like you know this isn't necessarily must see TV, you know. <clears throat> yeah, not it was too. Frasier's kind of already a show with a kind of like, like stuffy, like kind of. I don't know how to explain it. Like having two shows that are about kind of like upper scale type i can't really describe it you know what i mean yeah like, like snooty people, people. right <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like you need, you need a show to kind of break the that that kind of you know what i mean just kind of mix yeah. it up a little bit but um they didn't do that so the show also starred eddie mcclintock as jake donovan who was the um he's the assistant okay so the basic uh premise of the show is that neil patrick harris is a writer's assistant or something like that at a publishing house, like an, an editor um, who is forced upon this crazy guy with the last name Stark. Um, it's not Tony Stark. No, it's Ian Stark, um, played by Tony Shalhoub. Um, Neil Patrick Harris plays Henry McNeely. And they... Uh, it, and it's kind of an odd couple sort of thing where Neil Patrick Harris is like this kind of like, you know, germophobic guy, which which is really interesting because Tony Shalhoub went on to play a germophobic guy on Monk. <laughs> and Neil Patrick Harris went on to play this kind of like womanizing, kind of like almost like carefree sort of guy on How I Met Your Mother. It's like they switched roles when they went on to their next projects. Yeah, it is. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if if that was intentional or if it just yeah happened that way. But um, what happens here in this episode here, Matt? Uh, it, it starts off kind of just really right off the bat. Um, he's he's like kind of arguing with his like I guess editor in chief or whoever, uh, who's kind of laying down the law, you know, like, well, yeah, and it, you know, it's yeah. interesting too, because this, this, uh, came out after, I mean, it would, it would, it would, uh, it, it, uh, aired after Frasier and the woman who plays his, uh, his boss also played Frasier's agent. Oh, wow. So, yeah, <laughs> that is pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she's just kind of laying down the law, like saying like, well, you know, you know, this is your job. If you want to keep it, you know, you gotta, 
you gotta go do it for this guy because he really wanted to edit this other guy's work who was like more his speed or whatever but um he's like no just go go to his house and see what's see what's up and then uh he goes over there and he he meets the assistant guy first and he's kind of wondering you know if it's him but then he kind of makes some remark about like like oh good good job on the 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 book i forgot what name was something about below ground or something like that or above ground and uh like yeah you know it, it took me a while he's like oh don't worry about it. Two, two years that's really not a big deal he's like like oh no like I, I, they used to make us make us read tons of books in high school and it's like oh it took you two years to read the book okay and then, <laughs> is, that, is that weird because it no, i'm joking <laughs> I guess so. Well, if you're if you're like a writer's assistant, you probably should be reading frequently. But uh, um, uh, yeah. oh, okay. So the fact that it's been taking me two and a half years to read uh, the Cat in the Hat is kind of a weird thing, right? Uh, yeah, it's not great, but um, you might want to get you know checked out for that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you might be more, might be more visual learner too, you know, so that could be you know. Yeah, I want to know how it ends. I'm I'm waiting to find yeah. out. You know, don't don't ruin it for me or anything. I won't. I mean, I'll ruin this show for everyone in a second. But um, <laughs> so so um, so he goes in there, and then you know it's, it's the early 2000s. So like a lot of comedies used to like make light of suicide, like it was like a joke, I guess, or whatever. So he sees the guy hanging from like you know the ceiling. He starts freaking out, and then the guy yells at him. He freaks out more because you know an animated corpse is talking to him, and then he realizes, oh, he he's doing it for quote research purposes because he wants to, like, he wants to get inside the heads of the characters that he writes about. So he's like, and you'll see this. He he does quite a few of little stunts like these throughout the the episode. Um. And there was just one little point earlier too that I wanted to ruin the show about. So like, so when they're arguing uh, about him doing the job or whatever, he says something like, "I, you know, this is not what I had planned for my career or whatever." And his boss says, "Oh well, I didn't plan on my son saving saving up for breast implants, but here we are." Nice little trickle of, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, red phobia. But 1999. That's probably actually pretty tame. Exactly. Uh, still doesn't excuse it, but especially, context. I mean, it, it's it, it's kind of especially after like the last show we covered on this on our show, um, which was full of like stereotypes and. <laughs> yeah, that show. I forgot about that yeah. already. So yeah, <laughs> uh, the Veronica yeah, was... Veronica's video. Yeah, I mean, which was out around the same time as this. You know, I mean, in the same era. Maybe a couple years before, uh, but it's still it's earlier. like yeah, yeah. earlier uh, actually. yeah. So, oh but God. I mean the same basic time frame. So <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, just two years shy. Uh. Yeah, I mean it's. I, I mean I wouldn't hold it against it. I mean at that time it you know like I said that that's pretty tame. I mean we we had shows on the air at that time where people were dressing up like women and being made fun of for it and stuff too. So, you know, it's like, you're right. Well, yeah, I'm at this thing where I'm at this, this point in my, my quote, I already know what you would call it. Um, just intellectual 
journey or whatever where where I'm pretty much like at the state where like like I acknowledge it and I don't justify it, but I also see the context at the same time. And I know that might piss off a lot of people in, in either camp where you either are anti woke and everything's great and you just offend anyone that you want, or the other side where it's like anything that's problematic from the past automatically needs to be like deleted completely from history. I I kind of take a middle approach, you know. From, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I mean, that's just me. <clears throat> I mean, Ace Ventura is still considered a, a classic, and that was very transphobic. Oh my god. Oh, that one is is super. But oh my god, yeah. But the movie's still funny. You can't. You know what I mean, it's like you can't really, you know, deny that. So, well, I do actually because I I hate that movie. Yeah, actually. but 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 you know what I mean. It's still considered a classic. So it's like you know what I mean. I just, yeah. I just never. I mean, I I just I I hate that role of Jim. I, yeah. I I I, so I, I will say you. Yeah. It's not my favorite of his by any means. But yeah. uh, yeah. I'm so glad that he moved forward in different direction. Yeah, <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> so so that mean that that's around you know the same era of life. Um, so <laughs> yeah, and also too, there's an episode of uh, Family Matters um, where they're like on like a roof party or something like that for some reason. Don't remember the details, but um, one of um, uh. Steve, one of Steve's friends. The what, what was the girl that he loved so much? It was what was her name? Laura. Um, Laura. What I think it was one of Laura's friends. Where it like that, like his kid says, "Oh, my my dad is a stewardess on an airplane." It's like wow, <laughs> like like. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it had nothing to do. It had nothing to do with their talk about either. It was just like a throwaway line. Like it, it had nothing. Like there was no like at least like with friends. Was you know Chandler? There was like a whole theme behind that, like it was part of the actual episode itself, not just like a random, random. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I mean, what what where, where Kathleen Turner played his mom? I mean, his dad. Um, so. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but but yeah, I just I noticed these little barb here and there from older shows, just like a, it's like a nice little, um, time capsule, I guess you could call it a little bit. Yeah. Um. And I'm not trying to be all woke either, quote unquote woke. I'm just, I'm just saying that it's interesting sometimes. I mean, be careful, kinda, Matt, because if you go woke, you go broke. We're not, we're not allowed to be woke here in this, in this here country right here. Mm-hmm. I saw a post earlier too, where people now are just throwing in the word woke in like context that doesn't even make any sense whatsoever. Like, like it's like just now it's like a catch-all term. Like, like you could be talking about like getting something from McDonald's. And like they didn't make your sandwich right, and you're like these woke millennial or not millennials, these woke Gen Zers. And like, what does that got to do with your burger not tasting good? Like, it's it's wokeism. Like, uh, okay, I guess like. Well, it's because the person that served it to me was a vegan, and uh, <laughs> you know. How do you know they're a vegan? How do you know that? Uh, I just do. I just do because you know. Look, look at the way they're dressed. They're wearing that yeah, their exactly. uh, their that, that their McDonald's uniform, and uh, <laughs> wait, they all wear a uniform. Yeah, but <laughs> she wore it different than the other people, and uh, <laughs> hell, you know, it's like a little little bit of like crinkle here and there in his shirt. That's like that's like their way of like 
advertising to like the others, like oh, this this like, like me and you, we're the same, you know, type of thing. So it's all part of the code of language that the wokeists do these days. Go yeah, woke, got, go broke. <laughs> so, anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, the show, the show, yeah. So, um, this uh, this episode was actually, I thought, pretty funny. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it uh, so so um, yeah, he shows up at the at the apartment of the um, of of Ian Stark, um, and uh, meets the meets the assistant. And then he finally meets Ian. He goes into his bedroom, and Ian's hanging from a, a noose. Mm-hmm. Um, he's basically doing that as a, you know, as a way to, uh, like, uh, it's it's a fake thing because, but he freaks out. Um, Neil Patrick Harris's character breaks a lamp in the room by mistake because he freaks out. And, um, the, um, it turns out that it's a, it's a gag that he has because he's trying to see if it, you know, how people would react to finding somebody hanging. (laughs) Because he's a horror writer and, you know, he wants to, you know. He wants to do some research. Yeah. Uh, I was so worried. That the show was going to go in that direction because I had no idea what I'm like. Oh my god, is this going to be the show? Like, he just finds the author dead, mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and they got to figure out like what to do. Is he going to write the book now himself or whatever? No, didn't go that way. I think we should write that sitcom. I like that one. <laughs> Actually, it's a good idea. That could be an idea for a movie or something. Yeah, <laughs> we're like, we shouldn't be talking about it here now. No, 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 people will steal it. We'll talk about it yeah. later off air. Um, we can just edit this part out and then. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, do you want to take a break here, really, really quick, Matt? Sure. Yeah, we'll be right back, folks. What is Gen X? What is the silent generation? What do generations have in common? Hi, I'm Trish the Dish from the Gen X Voice Podcast, and I invite you to listen to conversations I have with folks from different generations, backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences in an attempt to see what connects rather than divides us. Even though Gen X has been called slackers, Karens, or not mentioned at all in some cases, we are the bridge generation, so I feel compelled to do my part to destroy ageism by bringing all these voices together. And, as a bonus, each guest gets to answer some 80s questions at the end of each show. So download and listen to Gen X Voice today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's see how much we have in common after all. Hi, this is Catherine, host of a new fashion podcast, The Real Fashion School Dropout. Join me as I interview guest every week in the fashion and beauty space and we gossip on all things fashion and beauty and even get into some personal stories of their journey in the industry you can find us on apple spotify pretty much wherever you get your podcast hope to see you there
And we are back. 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 Back uh, in. Back. No. Yeah. It's every yeah. ACDC song ever. Okay, anyway, so, um, <laughs> pretty, the, much. <laughs> pretty much. Um, sorry, ACDC fans. I know you like them. <sighs> you like both the AC and the DC. <laughs> you know. Anyway, so, um, what else happens in this episode here, Matt? Um,. Well, like you said, it becomes like an odd ball, I mean, an odd couple type situation where, uh, you know, he doesn't really like um, uh, Ian's um, Stark's process because he really doesn't have a process at all. Um, so then, you know, he, you know, he, you know, um, uh, what's what's Neil Neil's character's name? What's Neil? Henry? What's I believe Henry is like very like organized, very stiff you know type of so like he wants everything to be like you know set like you you start work at this time of day and you know this this guy doesn't have any kind of process whatsoever he just does whatever he feels like doing and um so pretty much you know days or weeks go by where you know he's really not getting any work done whatsoever and henry's just kind of wasting his day just hanging out at this random dude's apartment so they get, you know, they get into an argument about, you know, <clears throat> basically pointing out each other's flaws or perceived flaws, and uh, Ian, Ian tells Henry that he's, you know, scared of everything or whatever, and that's why, you know, he's, you know, he's glad that he quit and stuff. And then Henry says, "No, you're the one that's scared because you're afraid to actually write anything. That's why you're just wasting all this time procrastinating because you're afraid that." You know, you you did your one and only good work, and nothing nothing will ever ever follow that. And that's that is that is actually a fear of a lot of creators. Is you know, I mean, I, I have that fear a lot too with my music. I always wondered that you know, did I really do all my best stuff, and it's just everything from there is just like cover, like almost like a cover band, you know, like version of like things, like just never gonna really top it, you know. <clears throat> so so that you know, Ian starts writing or, or or at least like tape recording himself you know of his ideas that night and then um his assistant ends up breaking and entering into henry's apartment which is a felony um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is well, shit well the window, the window wasn't locked so i guess technically it is breaking and entering but also bad security on the part of henry which is weird because henry's such a, a phobic of things like he, he apparently he doesn't have a phobia of relaxed security, so <laughs> that might be the one thing that he's not afraid of. So, um, so he goes shows Henry the notes and stuff like that. <clears throat> Henry starts pouring through it during like a sort of montage type of um, you know um, scene or whatever, and he's he's like he, he's like enthralled by it. He's like this guy's brilliant and stuff like that. But then but then like they do like a little twist. He's like. But you still have to get me away from him. It's like, wait, why? He's like, I don't want to work with this guy. So it's like, wait a minute, you just said he was brilliant, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, so she sends him. She lets him work with the guy that he really wants to work, but he's just like a total bore. And then Henry realizes that he needs that kind of chaos in his life. You know, the balance is his order. You know, type of thing. 
Yeah, you need to have the the bitter and the sweet. Yep. Um yes. Yep. Because, you know, you can't have can't have either without the other. Yep. Yep. So, um yeah, basically then, then he comes back and yeah, we go through like all these different things where there's different crazy things going on. My favorite thing was where uh <laughs> There was a decapitated head uh, scare. Um, <laughs> yeah. He he hides inside the cushions of the couch with his um, Ian does with his head sticking out, and it's underneath a box. And Henry lifts up the box, and there's a you know Ian's like decapitated head sitting there. So. You know how dangerous that is? What if someone sat on that and broke his neck and didn't know that there was a head sticking out of there and just decided to sit down on all those boxes anyway? Yeah. Um, so he's dead forever, for, for real, that time. Um, that would know, be that would be neck. karma, man. That'd be karma. <laughs> <clears throat> I wonder if that's where Always Sunny in Philadelphia got the idea of putting Danny DeVito soaked inside of a couch. <laughs> Head was like popping out of the cushion because he couldn't <laughs> breathe because he was sewn inside the couch. <laughs> I doubt there was any, but still, <laughs> maybe not. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, anyways, um, he comes back, um, realizes he wants to be there. He does this thing where he uh, he tries to hang, do the hang himself thing at the end. Yeah. And uh, he's just kind of spinning around on this thing because he wore the wore the uh, the I don't know the, the the harness wrong to make him look like he was hanging. And uh, I did kind of find the joke funny. He says maybe this is why they 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 always have women play Peter Pan. <laughs> I, I didn't get the joke. <clears throat> okay, so they, they have these harnesses so you can fly on stage. Uh-huh. And uh, the basic idea was that, you know, the, the harness is probably, you know, very uncomfortable on his junk. And um, oh. <laughs> Okay, okay. <clears throat> yeah. So I actually that found that kind of funny. Um, anyways, so... Um, <laughs> Anyways, they end up leaving him hanging there. Yeah, like, you know, which probably caused blood loss, oxygen, you know, to his brain, stuff like that. Could potentially have life-altering or fatal injuries, you know, so that's that's murder or homicide. Right yeah, there. I mean, that's how the show was going to end. The next episode, they were going to find out that Henry was dead, and, um, no, I'm sure. They got to hide the body here. So. <laughs> <laughs> that really becomes like a horror-type situation. <laughs> How are we going to evade the law? How are we going to tell his boss, you know, that did he show up, you know, at any point? No, he never came by, you know. They got buy out, buy, you know, pay off the doorman and like the guards at the apartments. That don't, don't, you saw nothing. You saw no one. Um, there is no Henry McNeely. There is no Henry McNeely. <laughs> there is, you know, what reminded me. I don't know why. When I just said you saw no one, when I said that. So like, you remember um, <clears throat> that really cool. Um, YouTube channel called Zach Morris is trash. Yes. Which sadly I think is over because there hasn't been a new season in like two years, it seems like. But um 
probably went through all the episodes. Well, yeah. But but anyway, uh, I, I I think I did that before that was even a thing. Because I do you remember that song I made? Well, that song, that audio file I made, like way back in like two thousand and six, where it was basically like Zach and Slater accidentally killed Screech, and they're like trying to figure out like what to do with his body, and like. Zach is basically like the bully in the situation, like telling Slater he's gonna kill him if he doesn't keep his mouth shut. <laughs> and like, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just reminding me, like, I'll, I almost did my own kind of like Zach Morris's trash type of thing, but of course, my own weird Sesame and Carter way of doing things, you know, which is a much more darker version yeah. of stuff, you know. But <laughs> it's kind of weird, too. I mean, like, sad now that Dustin Diamond's the only one dead. Um, no, that's. The, I mean, this is way before. No, I know, but too. it's sad now. Is yeah. what I'm saying that you kind of almost predicted that. Um, yeah. Well, no, on that one they accidentally killed them. I no, but maybe that's. But what, that's no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll find out it was Mark Paul Gossler and yeah, Mario Lopez. Um, no, uh, the uh, just joking. Um, no, but uh, um, the, the guy, the guy who, the guy who created uh, Zach Morris's trash, actually, they they had a. a a podcast that's it's been on a long hiatus right now, but called uh, Zach to the Future. Oh yeah, right, yeah. With um, you know, he, he was host co-hosting it with Mark Paul Gossler, where they were going through each episode because Mark had never watched any of the Mark Paul had never watched any of the episodes. So that is so amazing. You got, I mean, the perspective. Yeah. Would just my especially the older ones from like eighty nine, like thirty over thirty years ago. Yeah. Like, he barely might remember, like, filming that scene, but has he, no idea what came out of it. Yeah, he he doesn't even remember filming them, really. Oh, wow. I mean, he kind of does, but he remembers more of the behind-the-scenes stuff than the actual episodes and, like, what happens in them and everything. It's kind of yeah. an interesting... Yeah, I'd check it out if you like uh, If you like uh, Saved by the Bell. It's an interesting uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. I hope it comes back. Um, yeah. It's it's been on this really long hiatus. It's been off for like months. I don't know what's going on. But anyways, so um, because they did like two seasons and now they're kind of just <laughs> I don't know. But how um, many episodes do they review? They're reviewing every episode. They started with uh, they they skipped the Miss Bliss season, but they oh man, but they 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 start with well, they they might go back to it eventually, I'm sure. But they uh. Yeah, they, they, they skipped those, and then they just, you know, they started with the uh, first episode of Saved by the Bell proper, and uh, go through every episode episode uh, in, in order of airing. So, proper. yeah. No, what I mean is how, how many have they recorded so far? Oh, know? I mean, they, they did two seasons, I think about two seasons, like, maybe, they're, they're on the, like, second or third season of the show. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, cool. So, yeah, um... I think, yeah, I think they're like halfway through the second season of, uh, of the show of Saved by the Bell, that is. So, yeah. Anyway, so, um, back to this show. Um, <laughs> um, so what were your final thoughts here on this episode, Matt? It was pretty decent. Um, you know, as, as far as, as pilots go, it was, it was, it was all right. It was, there, there was, it, it did feel a little bit rushed, especially like the montage scene. And it seemed like it came a little bit too early into the episode. Yeah. Like, where they're hanging out. It seemed like that should have been something that was maybe in, like, 20 minutes into, like, a 40-minute episode. But, you know. Well, it wasn't uh, a 40-minute episode. It was a, you know. 
Yeah, no, what I mean is if that if it were a forty minute episode, gotcha. that would be like a, oh, okay. It just seemed a little bit quick to be like doing like a sort of buddy buddy montage scene that quickly into a episode, especially the first episode. Um, yeah, like with like the whole thing where they're playing music and he's like playing like joust or whatever. I forgot what they were doing, but like uh, it, it was like supposed to be like a cute like buddy kind of scene or whatever. And it was. Uh, so I just felt that that kind of fell flat a little bit, but not too bad. And um, uh, my only kind of complaints, the episode is a little bit too short. I think it should have been at least like 22 minutes or something like that, not 20. Um, but like, well, that's dependent that, on, like, on commercials and shit like that, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I figured, you know, something like that, especially back then, they used to show more commercials than they show now. And because um, back then they used to show like of commercials it seemed like a half hour um i think now it's like eight i think or whatever but um i, I just made that up just seemed like it made sense uh, sure matt whatever see, see even even people who are not right wing can do fake news okay so oh wow sorry uh, <laughs> i mean back 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 then they used to have the commercials that would jump out of your tv and um yeah uh, yeah. and, and attack you. It was like, you know, they, they, they forced you to go to the store and buy Pop-Tarts. It was um, crazy. It, it was crazy. You go up, you'd, you'd be happy, you'd buy them, you're like, oh, I can always use Pop-Tarts, right? So, yeah. By the way, Pop-Tarts, please, please sponsor our show. Please. Yes. You can um, sponsor us. But also, Kellogg's, pay your people properly. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quit being a bunch of fuckers. Yeah. Anyway, so... um. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, it's, uh, it's interesting, um, that I really liked this show, um, and I, I do kind of vaguely remember watching it when it came out, um, it's, uh, the, um, I'm gonna read one review that I found here, Matt, Okay. because a lot of these, um, are pretty good, you know, reviews. So, um, this one, however, it says pretty awful pilot. It's a four out of 10 from, uh, Cheryl. Um, this was written in 2018 and January 26th. Um, there seems to be a lot of people who love this series, um, and mourn its cancellation. But after watching the pilot on YouTube, I don't see why. It's a very conventional sitcom with a pretty typical and unconvincing odd couple setup. Shalhoub is a terrific actor, and he's fine in this, but the script is very mediocre. Maybe it gets better. I haven't... I, I have seen this series that... I have seen series that had bumpy start, um, and perhaps... All this love comes from somewhere. After all, the creator of the show created Just Shoot Me, Ooh. which started off um, quite poorly, but improved after a few months. But I just have no inclination to give another chance to a series that is so predictable and obvious and unoriginal. Mm. Yeah. Um, no, I don't agree. Um, <clears throat> from what I've read and what I remember from when this was on, it does get better with every episode. Um, they, they add in other characters, which make the show, you know, like, um, Henry has a girlfriend, and there's other, you know, other, uh, other characters added in, like a bartender and things of that nature that 
our main characters in the show that add to the whole thing. But one of the one of the downfalls of that that a lot of people complained is that it started to become more like a Friends or a, you know or, or a Caroline in the City sort of show where it wasn't as much focused on the two main characters as much as an ensemble. Mm. Which, you know, could be good or bad. So it becomes like it, it it morphs from odd couple into friends, you know, basically. So Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so yeah, anyways, um any final thoughts here, Matt, before we wrap things up? No. No. Yeah. Um I uh like I said, I really like the show and I I, I mean, it's good that it didn't continue, though, because then we wouldn't have had Tony Shalhoub, my monk, or Neil Patrick Harris on How I Met Your Mother, probably, you know? Right, yeah. I mean, we may have, depending on how long this lasted and whatever. You know, you never know. We we, we should, you know, check in with Doctor Strange and see the multiverse where this show lasted. Yeah. And, uh, you know, see if that, you know, may, may, maybe it'll be in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. There'll be like a random multiverse that they enter where Stark Raving Mad was like the number one show on TV. See, I always wonder about that too. Like, it'd be really cool if they could explore that in multiverse, like things like different TV shows or like shows with alternate endings or different actors. Like, yeah, they probably can't do it because of all the copyright laws, obviously. But like, you know, it'd be cool to like, if you live like, you know, on a different earth two or what we would call earth two or whatever, you know, Back to the Future has a completely different actor, or that the movie yeah. exists. Like, like the, the, the like, like the Eric Stoltz version of Back to the Future got made. Yeah, there was something like that. And to yeah. them, that's just the normal movie. That's the way it is, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> or anything else for that matter. TV shows like Scrubs, you know, different actor or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> it's funny because I watched, I listened to a podcast. I mean, the other day where Zach Braff was talking about how he almost got cast in a play on Broadway that would have prevented him from doing scrubs. Oh, wow. So, you know, interesting world. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, the, um, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the whole like last action hero thing where in that, in that world, instead of Arnold being the Terminator, it was Sylvester Stallone. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Because Arnold Schwarzenegger is a character and the, the, whatever, you know, so it's just a weird world. Right. I need to watch. That's another movie I want to revisit sometime. I really like that movie. Um, it was interesting. Which one? Uh, what was it called again? Last Action Last, Hero. Yeah. Yeah. Last Action Hero. Yeah, I remember seeing that when I was younger. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So that was a. Yeah, you're you're right. That was like a very meta concept for yeah. the time. Like that was that was like not a thing at all at that time. Like, no. It was very strange because then they made a video game last. So so. Last Action Hero, the video game based off the movie, who stars Arnold Schwarzenegger playing as himself. Like, it's like, whoa, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, anyways, um, any final thoughts here, Matt? Like, I think I already asked you that. But <laughs> I'll just play just one guitar chord really quick. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, it's out of tune, damn it. Whatever. Um, Here, this one's better. There we go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's all you're playing? Yeah, just that. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so, um, (laughs) folks... (laughs) 
Make sure you uh, subscribe to the show um, on whatever platform you're listening to it right now. Um, and, you know, if you want to subscribe to it on other ones, that's cool, too. Um, the uh, <laughs> I don't know why you would, but go ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah. Check out our website, all2real2.com. Um, there's lots of links to all of our, uh, all of our stuff there, our YouTube and our TikTok and our Bok Bok and our Beak Beak and our Duke Duke and our Doc Doc, you know, all those things. Wait, those aren't things, are they, Matt? Our tubes and tocks and tweets. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I've been putting up some random shit on TikTok too on our page just for the fuck of it. But um, <laughs> check out the latest one. There's an interesting uh, little photo of Peter Bogdanovich and Orson Welles in a grocery store that I just wanted to comment on. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. which I'm thinking of making T-shirts of for some reason. Um, might be in our T public. You never know. Check it out. Um, that's another thing you can link to. Um, it's in our show notes. Go check that out. You know, buy stuff there. It'll help support the show. Um, you know, check out our Patreon. Um, you know, wear a mask, folks. Wear a fucking mask. You know, everybody's getting fucking COVID right now. Um, it's crazy. It's like just certain. Oh my God, man. Like. Like I'm wearing could, it freaking everywhere now. You could, you, some, you could have it right now and not know. Um, yeah, it's not some like liberal like virtual signaling either. It's like I'm like I'm I'm afraid to fucking go out and not wear one. Like I know, know like, me too. Um, yeah, wear one. Wear a condom. You know, if you're going to get that close to somebody, wear a condom just all the time, and um, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. That doesn't sound right. Anyway, so, um, but, um, you know, be good to each other. Rest in peace, Sidney Poitier, Betty White, and Peter Bogdanovich, when, and all the other people who died, too. Um, yeah. Yep. And until next time, buh bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg, but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now.